back great beyond <laughs> uh happy new year everyone happy Take new away, year joey happy birthday to ben happy birthday to sam a lot to celebrate most of all to celebrate that this is a new maybe ish podcast we've teamed up with osiris to bring you a more diligent more professional more responsible great beyond that schedules episodes ahead of time doesn't lose audio the night before we're supposed to drop episodes. And so far, it's going great. It's gone fantastic. It's going I mean, as planned, as scheduled. I look at things differently than these other two, and uh, I wouldn't say that. But <laughs> we, you know, we need to make ad revenue. So, uh, yeah, things are going excellent. I cannot wait for the new season of The Great Beyond. On a more serious note, I've been a huge fan of Osiris for many years. Oh, yeah? As has Joey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, from under the scales to what else? Uh, Freak Flag Flying with uh, David Crosby and Steve Silverman was one of my favorites while I was working. I like have flashbacks to those interviews uh, in the office. And then Plus One with Eric Krasno got me through the pandemic. Uh, you know, I mentioned with surprise, surprise, by the title of the episode, we're going to interview RJ. But I mentioned this, that during the pandemic, I really missed going to shows, talking to people on lot about music, shows you were going to, shows you just went to. And without that, Osiris really filled that void of talking about music. So why not listen to just more educated, more insightful people than me talk well, about music? It's good to know that if Joey has flashbacks there to interviews, because Bruce and I are struggling in our seats here. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know... Big shout out, obviously, to Osiris for welcoming, welcoming us to their family. It's going to be beneficial for all of us to be involved. Shout out to Joey for, for really getting, corralling Bruce and I into a single space, which can be dangerous for everyone around, um, and, and making this thing happen as we launch into 2022. Yeah, and I just want to add for our listeners, I also have flashbacks. I think I was left out of that, but I do. You know, it's a problem. I have many. Um, <laughs> you know, we were from, from Bingo Tour set break to uh, New York, New York, recording live. We are here on Osiris, and um, yeah, I can't yeah. promise we won't let you down, but we'll certainly be here. So uh, to kick off our inaugural episode with uh, at, at Osiris, obviously, we, we spoke to the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. RJB, Mr. Osiris himself. You know, we dug into everything that's really happened since he interviewed Rick and Peter at the Brooklyn Podcast Festival in 2020. Yep. We're going to get there. For now, let's check out the news. Right on. So... Two nights, six sets, Radio City Music Hall. Goose has graduated to a new level of New York City music venues. And this time, maybe they won't kick me and Bruce out. Uh, <laughs> but they have warned us ahead of time uh, that there will be three sets, so Bruce doesn't get to spoil the surprise for everyone when uh, Coach Seximony leaks it. Oh. Um, I didn't think that a murder was going to be witnessed on this podcast. Uh, 
But the next podcast is going to be presented by Joey and I for Osiris and Sunset Lake. Um, I guess I'm going to need more CBD to respond less aggressively to Craig next time. Um, so, yeah, uh, besides that, you know, uh, one of the themes to this episode is going to be kind of going back in time and, and not recounting things that I have done in the past, um, but more or less recounting where the bands come from. You know, and one of the things about these Radio City Music Hall sets is that um, I guess two of them are going to be acoustic, maybe one. So we like acoustic here at the Great Beyond Podcast, personally. By we, I mean me. Um, those acoustic sets at T's house, Fire yeah. Flames. Um, that was like the first thing during the pandemic with like yeah. the live from out there stuff yeah. that they started doing that I was like, oh, this is like completely different. Been with brushes. Well, I mean, that was back when, you know, I thought COVID could come out of the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> I had no yeah, idea what was going on now. <laughs> Deathly afraid. <laughs> That's actually how I got COVID the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You actually hadn't left your bathroom in months. Well, we don't want to get taken off Spotify for misinformation, so let's keep that on the No, it's line. fine. If Joe Rogan can do it, we can. Get your Sunset Lake CBD. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, like... COVID free ever since we've been. I like acoustic sets too. So I don't again. Again, I'm getting. You know, everybody's attacking me, but I love acoustic sets. I love to like just you know roll up in a sleeping bag, really warm, and settle my head down on a uh, you know a a down pillow. (laughs) (laughs) I try to go to sleep during them, and I think I'm gonna have a nice time napping at Radio City before they get into the electric. But I really can't wait, and honestly. I haven't been to Radio City for a show. I know that's amazing because I, you would have thought I've been everywhere. <laughs> but no, Radio City, I'm really excited to see that for the first time, and especially uh, with the guys headlining. It's going to be really, really cool. Let's talk about the, the history of Goose in New York, New York. 418-19 was Mercury Lounge. That was an epic show. Yeah, we, we got a little sit-in oh, from God. somebody. We got a little sit-in from a guy named Greg Knight. Uh, a little less mustache, a lot more attitude. Is that um, the start of that three-night run, or did they play Yeah, yeah. Start yeah. of a three-night run. So it was it was Mercury Lounge 418, Down the Road Brewery in Everett, Massachusetts 419, right. where we got an extended sit-in from Sean Cronin, and then 420 at the Acoustic in Bridgeport. Mm-hmm. But there are some New York shows that precede Mercury. Uh, the guys played... What was called a Tuesday night jam jar at Brooklyn Bowl. I think this was back in 2017. They were first of three. They opened for Space Carnival and another band. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't remember now. Uh, but you know, the, the, was it Mr. F? I don't think it was Mr. Oh, okay. F. It was yeah, but it was a Tuesday night. And so the one thing I do remember about this show is um, I actually rode with Coach's wife to the show, uh, Miss Bonnie Lombardi. Hello, Bon. Hi, Bon. Um, also Rick's mom and Shenanigans Nightclub. Also Rick's mom and Shenanigans Nightclub. Yep, multi-talented. Uh, and somehow leaving Coach's house, Bonnie crashed into my car. Uh, but we had the music <laughs> up loud and didn't realize it happened. Uh, so went, crushed the jam jar, came back, and had a big dent in the car. I've crashed into a lot of cars and I realized that it, it happens. It's a <laughs> common occurrence. No, it doesn't. What are you talking about? It doesn't happen. It happens um, to me often. I, <laughs> countless times over the years. Anyway. Uh, built for tough, as they say. Um, but but New York City, like hallowed ground, obviously, in the music world. The jam world, like, obviously, the torchbearers are king, right? They play MSG every year, but you know, there's a dedicated jam community, the Freaks List, of course, shout out. Um, but it's a very tough nut to crack for bands that are not from here. 
And so, you know, when we think about everything that's happened in the past few years, not even three years ago, these guys were not selling out Mercury Lounge, 250-cap room. So we follow up with, with Music Hall of Williamsburg, 12520. Um, Bowery show before that, too. Yeah, 24th. Yeah, Bowery, yeah, Bowery Ballroom, where they, the air conditioning <laughs> clearly broke. Dude, that um, was... That was I lost five pounds in there. That was one of the most, like, miserable... I mean, besides the music, the music was obviously fantastic. But as far as space day. and claustrophobia... Oh, yeah. The Lovely Day was... The lovely uh, day. Yeah. Wasn't that at Williamsburg? No, no that no, was Bowery. That was, Bowery. Oh, that was the right. debut of that. Bowery was yeah. the tapes that we... Yeah. Corrupted or whatever. But, that's, that's uh, my first show. And it's like this lovely day slaps with Peter needs to eat more fried food and have a little bit more, uh, you know. Sorry, that's a joke for me. Right. Okay. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, I had so, no idea what I was doing. Yeah, we'll yeah, get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but New York brought it out of them. And then, of course, Top of the Rock. Mm. Top of the Rocks for Christmas 2020. Uh, 2020. Uh, incredible. No audience there except for me, Bruce, Kathleen, a few others. Um, <laughs> <Excuse> <laughs> me. Uh, but incredible, incredible show. And then we had two nights at Bruce's favorite venue, Terminal 5. Whoa. Um, yeah. Not my favorite venue. You know what, though? Those shows ripped. And uh, venue aside, I think a lot of people had fun. It was definitely full. Oh yeah, old nights, and I think even the surprise three-set show that they did on Saturday, a lot of people managed to hang around for that. I know a lot of people couldn't, um, but uh, it, those were great shows, and I mean they really came with it. That three-set show, God, I, I just was stunned how they each set was was really excellent and held up the energy too. Each set had a good flow on its own. The show flowed well. Really hard to do for a long show like that, and so I mean it's it's cool because. Get to expect big things from Radio City. Oh, yeah, absolutely, and like uh, Greg and Bruce mentioned on the live stream, like I, at least my first time at Radio City, I think since I was a little kid, like I don't even remember the show I saw then, but it was Trey, mm-hmm. the uh, alternative tab that played there, yeah, right? Uh, and the funniest thing, and I, again, I think you guys mentioned it, was seeing the Nitrous Mafia outside of Radio City and a bunch of confused tourists. So I can't wait to get back to Radio City so everyone can actually recognize me as Greg Knight and not Desron Douglas. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about the new single. Yeah. Born. A source of great contention in El Goose. Bruce, what do you think? Uh, well, <laughs> I think we don't go by El Goose for much. No, I love you. Um, yeah, I guess there was... I mean... You know what? The, the contention honestly wasn't that bad. I, there was a, a big thread that day, and we talked about it on our live episode uh, last, Greg and I, but um, there was a big thread. And I had a lot of good discussion. People were going back and forth very respectfully. Um, not everybody loved it. it. It's a single, you know, and it's, um, you know, it was obviously cut as a single to some people, so they might be hearing something that they think might be coming after it. I don't know. Um, but also... <laughs> by the way yeah we don't know um, yeah. but also I mean it's just a matter of this is something that they choose chose to present as a single to people right away and that could have been for any reason it's not we're not under the same system that is the pop music industry where you know you're writing two singles for a specific album you know what you're going to release as a single you know these are bangers blah 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 you're going to release them you know Goose takes a different approach to all of this and to all of their new music releases we've seen from the last year with shenanigans. Um, so I think it's just the way they wanted to introduce people. Sometimes I think they like to hear what people, you know, they like to maybe, 
I, I don't want to say ruffle feathers because that's not true, but they just like it's to a keep, pun. Yeah. keep people on their <laughs> Oh my god. But they like to keep people on their toes, you know, and birds don't have toes. Thank God that's not a pun. Well, um, <laughs> but can I can I the feather thing was a pun, first of all, but can I can I just ask what the deal is? With people who hear a song that might be different than they've ever heard before from a band that they like, and all of a sudden think that the band forgot how to play their instruments. I don't understand that at all. And especially, like, think of it on a, and the aspect of, like, uh, talking, because we were interviewed RJ, like, so I was listening back to old interviews from 2019, and Rick is talking about the music business side, and, like, the idea that putting out singles is so much more effective as far as reaching new audiences, because you get on those pre-made Spotify playlists or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. the amount of different audiences this will reach like this like slow indie vibe that like it's still a great song so like a lot of new people are going to come into this and all of a sudden i i mean i honestly can't wait to hear it live because i feel like it's going to be something totally different and like that's when a lot of people i feel like will fall in love well with this. i think that's part of it part of the problem is where the band has found a bit of a following in a niche by by nature you know you you have to play music uh, to make you, or let's say you have to make money and you want to do it by playing music. So you have to figure out the ways you can do that in any sort of capacity. Find your fan base in any sort of capacity. And these guys have always loved jamming. They like psychedelic rock. It's always been, improv has always been a part of that. And then the jam scene is its own little niche within that. And people that go to see these bands really love live improvisation. And that's a very predominant thing amongst the fans. So naturally I think you get this inclination to not like studio tracks anyway or to be surprised by studio tracks anyway. And I think we've moved from a time in this country in the 60s, 70s, and 80s where albums were really one of the biggest things artists focused on. Oh, yeah. And I've told tons of my friends this, and I'll just promote it on this uh, podcast for the first time, but this classic albums documentary that I love, that I've, I've showed my parents tons of them, I've showed friends tons of them, I've watched them with Ben and Sam and other parts of the ba- other members of the band, and they've loved them. They're really cool insights into watching some of these people create these classic albums. Nevermind's on there by Nirvana. Um, uh, there's a Phil Collins uh, episode. There's a ton of cool stuff, and you get to see how they do it in, in the studio. It's not what's coming out live for these guys. And there's a total different artistic approach to what they're doing in the studio. And for somebody like Rick, who's developed these songs who he hasn't played in forever and then pulls them out, like this old C, like a Western Sun. He wrote a while before 2018, finally here in 2018, everybody loves it. He wanted these things to be at a certain point before he even plays them live. That, that doesn't mean that that song is never going to change. That doesn't no, it's mean gonna, that that's what they're going to play every show, every, every it's song. It's going to be the exact same way and sound yeah. the exact same right. way. And, you know, it's, that's, of course, not going to be the case. They're not going to be in the studio. They're going to be in a venue. The venue's going to sound different. Instruments are going to sound different. They're going to try different things. He's going to adapt the song as well. Peter's you know? going to have a new keyboard. We yeah. know what's yeah. next. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. forever, we know what's coming. It took them forever to get Tumble to the point where Tumble was one of the crowd favorite songs. And then now they have this slow Tumble. Yeah. Maybe that was the way he wanted it the whole time. The stumble. We really don't know. Yeah. And they're going to keep developing these songs. So I just think... To some extent, the reaction is tumble. (laughs) (laughs) The reaction's fine. You know, I don't think necessarily people are are wrong, but I think people should have some patience and and, you know wait and see. Especially if your whole shtick is I just don't want my live show to be a certain way, then wait and see how they weave that into their live show because they're certainly not going to abandon what's taking them to the yeah. Well, how can you have fucking patience when your Ted tapes vinyls lost in the mail? 
Uh, I got mine finally. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. happy. Luckily, I'm, ha- mine I'm a happy was goose. Damage, so yeah, I'm happy too. <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. We love the merch collective here. Uh, stay tuned for giveaways, and also, this is news. Let's talk about Goose Day Tuesday. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Our podcast has news. <laughs> yes, news from our podcast. Uh, so, Sorry to ruin the vibe for all of you. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, you're going to have to hear from us a little bit more. Um, <laughs> Tuesdays during Winter Tour, every Tuesday, tune in to Goose Day Tuesday live on our social channels, live through Osiris, uh, where we're going to recap the shows played the week before, as well as do some merch giveaways, highlight some folks in our community, and maybe even have some guest to break down shows with us. Yeah, if we feel like it. Greg and I are very self-important. So, you know, we, we come across guests sparingly, and we may want to have them on. Yeah. We I may want to have Joey on, too. We sometimes. may have Joey on. <laughs> so. At this point, I will be a guest on those, because sadly, I have to be in an office on two t- Tuesdays. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if anyone in the out there, slave. Yeah, if anyone out there wants to uh, imitate my voice, my look my opinions feel free to uh, send these guys an email and auditions will be held joey Joey's takes cbd sweating in the haze all day oh is he i yeah, was gonna say he takes cbd orally to get through <laughs> yeah. his all day. <laughs> he's sweating so hard they had to change the lyrics anyway let's um let's talk to rjb let's talk to rjb a little bit about where the band's gone where they're going to go next, and really whether or not our contract is terminated. <laughs> yeah, and like we said on the live stream, as we say in this interview, there are so many interviews with this band on Osiris. Feel free to check those out. They're great interviews, and it's really cool to kind of reflect on them where they were in 2019, 2020, after Bingo Tour. You know, It really maps out uh, you know, the path of the bands, which we'll do on our own after this interview, but uh, yeah, feel free to enjoy those and enjoy this interview. Well, hold on, Joey. Before that, hot off the press, we've got a message from a sponsor. With this being our first episode under the Osiris umbrella, we could only think of one person to be our special guest for today's episode, president of Osiris Media and host of the Helping Friendly podcast, The Drop and Undermine, the one and only RJB. Welcome, RJ. Wow. What an introduction. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Welcome uh, to the you. family. Oh, uh, to thank here. you, man. So... Um, we're almost two years to the day that you and Tom Marshall interviewed Rick and Peter during the Brooklyn podcast festival, uh, had a performance from them as well as Jeff, uh, in the pre Arevalo days. Um, so my question, my first question to start this off is, did you ever think in your wildest dreams, there'd be a goose podcast in Osiris two years (laughs) later? (laughs) I mean, I, I, I have to say yes. I mean, I, I do think that going back to that show, which was, yeah, two years ago, it was pretty obvious to us and I think to you guys, I'm sure, and, and many thousands of others that like this band had something pretty incredible going musically as well as like community wise. And so I think the, that was really fun. And I, I wish we had done that again before the pandemic because it was just it was so much fun but uh, i mean ever since i discovered goose i've been thinking about the ways that that, you know the goose community could be brought into the osiris community in a in a podcast fashion so um i wasn't sure what what form that would take but you guys you guys are doing it so i'm glad to be here yeah it's a nebulous form yeah (laughs) exact form still hasn't really came to manifest but it's one of these the best way to start yeah, exactly. We're molding. Yeah, but so I mean, like I mentioned at the top of the show, like I've been a fan of Osiris for so long, uh, especially during the pandemic. Like 
plus one with Eric Krasno, especially really got me through it. Like hearing those conversations. Cause normally like the best thing about, I mean, not the best thing about shows, but a great appeal of shows is hanging out in the lot afterwards, talking to people about how much you loved what you just saw. And because we couldn't do that, yeah, it, there had to be some kind of supplement for it. So, you know, I'm really happy to be a part of Osiris, uh, really excited to do it. But like we kind of mentioned, you guys had some live shows geared up before the pandemic. You had those Scott Metzger uh, jam just happened shows. So for 2022, mm. as things are opening back up, do you have anything planned for the year? Yeah, I would first I'll just say Kraz is is so awesome. Um he has, you know, he wanted to sh- call his show plus one cuz he wanted it to be like a conversations backstage with his friends and that's exactly yeah. what what ended up happening and it, it was such a great addition, you know, right at the beginning of the pandemic. It was what an amazing um also an amazing dude. Um yeah, so we just did a live show at Ardmore Music Hall here right outside of Philly with uh Magner and Brownie from the Biscuits and Charlie Hall from the War on Drugs and Anthony Kryzon, who played with the Spin Doctors, as well as Tom Marshall's band Amphibian. Mm-hmm. And they they loved it. We loved it. The fans were like, this format's amazing. Please keep doing these kinds of shows. So that that really actually, that was like the f- first, you know, a week before Christmas or something. And it was it was like we need to we need to do more of this. We need to like get back out there. Um, the jam just happened. Shows you mentioned were so incredible. Like every time we do a show, because we try to mix some kind of podcast interview or or improv into it, and we're going to keep doing those. Um, there's definitely a lot more of those on the horizon, including hopefully one at Ardmore soon. But we're also looking at doing events in New York, Nashville, L.A. And Denver, I think, in 2022. So we're trying to trying to keep it Osiris, as in some conversation, some music. But um, we're definitely like we're moving in that direction, and we're we're psyched to to, to do more for sure. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. And and the live events are definitely something that uh, we're looking forward to. And I, kn- I know we mentioned the live interview at the Brooklyn Podfest with uh, Rick and Peter and Jeff, and we do want to discuss that for sure. Um, but with hanging with a lot of the theme of this episode, we're kind of going back and looking where Goose has come from. Um, but going back to 2019, when you interviewed the four piece version of the band on the drop, uh, we were interested kind of thinking, picking your brain about what did you hear in this band the first time that, that, you know, really made you want to talk to them and find more out about them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny cause we were in the, at the nine thirty club backstage and I've interviewed a bunch of people at the nine thirty club and that was, my first interview with goose and all four of the guys were in the room and I was in the room and I think it was on the recording, but I cut it out of the final version. Cause I was like, is there, are there more people coming or is it just you guys? <laughs> Cause I wasn't actually sure how many people were in the band at the time. So they were like, no, no, this is the whole band. And I was like, yeah, right. Of course. Um, that's great. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was kind of a funny moment. I'm not sure they remember that. Hopefully they don't, but now they will when they hear this. Um, I mean, I got introduced to the, their music through the the Arcadia from the Peach Fest, you know, that set that like so many people I know, that was their first Goose experience. And I was like really, in in terms of how they could build, build a jam, particularly that Arcadia, which I think still is just like, it holds up as an incredible piece of improv. You it, know? it really does somehow. Yeah, it definitely it's does. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. But they could build this, build a jam, but also like Rick's voice and the words like the songwriting i just thought they were pretty rare for a band from the this like broader jam band improv community based on what i've seen and i also think like there's 
they have this respect for the space and the music, you know, that almost is like, reminds me of the dead in a way. There's not like a hurry to get through things. There's not like a fill the space with as many notes. Like they, they definitely jam hard, but there's, there's a respect for like the space, which I think is, is pretty rare in this community. So once I dug into it, I was like, I, I want to learn more about these guys. And I think, I think Rick, his songwriting and his vocals are just incredible. And I think Peter's like, based on my interpretation, his approach to like the, how he pack, how they started to package themselves a little differently in terms of marketing and rollout. And like, there was like, there was a little bit of mystery in terms of like, what's this band all about? But at the same time, they kept playing more and more shows. I feel like it was like a perfect storm of, you know, great songs, great improv and like a good kind of like packaging of what they were doing. I thought it was really impressive. So I wanted to, wanted to learn more about them for sure. So that's a, like, we were hearing a lot of the same things. And I think what stuck out to us most is you and a prolific songwriter and Tom Marshall uh, took the time to sit down and kind of hear a lot more about what we heard in these guys. And so I guess my, my next question would be what led you to ask them to play the songs that they did play? Um, how did, you know, like between a Western sun on the goose catalog side and then Brian and Robert, like how did these things resonate with you guys and, and what yeah. led you to that decision? Yeah. I mean, the, it was such a fun event and it was, um, like you guys said, you know, we talked about it right before the pandemic started. And, and I mean, I think 2020, if, if the pandemic hadn't happened, it would have been an insane year for goose live. Like they were, it was, it was going to be, it was going to be crazy. Like you could feel the momentum building from 2019. Agreed. Totally agree. You know, um, and the intimacy of a show like that, like the one that we did, it was just, it was so fun, but we went back and forth and talked about a couple, a couple of fish songs that they appreciated. And then Tom and I put our heads together, you know, Western sun to me, it's one of my favorites just because the, the subject matter is close to my heart. And I've, I've talked to Rick about that a little bit, but the, the songwriting, you know, the lyric, the lyrics, like Tom wasn't super familiar with them. And then we started looking into the songs and I was sending him the lyrics and Matt Kalinske was, was sending us a bunch of stuff. And Tom, I think got into it and was like, wow, these are, these are really amazing songs. Um, so we, we decided on a couple fish songs and a couple goose songs and, uh, it was, it was so much fun. And I think they had a lot of fun. I mean, that was the first time that I met Jeff and, and that, that kind of trio, ended up happening again. I don't know if it's because of that show or just because they were already playing together, but it was really cool to see that kind of side that I think people hadn't seen. And I wish we had been able to do like another one of those because I think it, I think it gave people like a unique insight into the band. Um, I loved hearing the thinking behind the songs and then hearing them play it. I, I just think that format is, is so much fun. So we're going to go ahead because we are the leading podcast in goose adjacent news and say leading. that uh, leading, uh, we're going to go ahead and say that um, the Osiris interview was the impetus for Jess, Jeff joining the band. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave that well, here. We could say, say a lot of things. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if they're always accurate. <laughs> but uh, I, I believe it. Yeah, I believe no, it. I appreciate it that. Definitely was a big push though. And, and, you know, it was great to get them on stage together. They actually were playing as a three piece a mm -hmm. little bit before that, just because they had started living together a little bit before that. And, um, you know, Rick and, and Jeff had having been good friends and playing music for a long time, just been playing music for a long time. So I think it was just a natural, they just got along very well. And that's kind of how the, 
the bands come together to this point anyway. So it just kind of worked out, but definitely hope that we do get to do one of those again. Cause that was, a, that was a ton of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm available, but you guys are on it. So, you know, if you guys need a guest host, just let me know. Um, they worry also about me s- interviewing. So yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I also would say just like in terms of the, the vocal harmony, which, which is of course a, a unique thing about Brick and Peter's ability to play music together. I think, in those acoustic songs, you could just hear that so clearly. And that was just so much fun to be able to kind of like isolate that, you know, and, and hear it acoustic. Um, a lot of beautiful, beautiful music came out of that. Yeah. It was funny. Tom mentioned that cause I, I was trying to listen back just to, just to get a few points for the show today. But uh, yeah, he mentions that it's like at one point, I think before you guys start talking about Western sun, that, Oh, you know, they're always electric. So this is a very special time to get to hear them acoustic. And now that they're playing acoustic a little bit more, I'm going to play it acoustic as a full band at radio city um it, it's funny how that's changed that that momentum has changed a lot so yeah yeah and even beside like the music side of it like when you go in i'm curious like from the podcast side how you approach something like that because when you see a new bands who you know you have all these questions you don't really know much about like how do you approach an interview like that do you have like top things you want to f- ask about for different bands or is it like kind of a generic all right this is how I'm going to shape this interview, how I want to form, how I want the band to come off. But I mean, with a band like Goose, there has to be like, oh, this specific song, like I need to know the answer to this specific question that like I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> I try to keep, I try to keep a handle on like bands, just what, what people are saying about them on Twitter, or Instagram, you know, I try to like understand what people think about them and what people are wondering about them. And sometimes I'll like tweet like, Hey, I'm going to talk to this band. Like what questions would you ask? Um, I'm actually like not because I'm not a musician, like I'm not, I don't go into it thinking about it from like a songwriting or musical interaction perspective. Matt Dwyer, who you guys know, he's, he and I interview people together and we have completely different approaches because he asks about the music and I'm, I really just want to like get to know the musicians as people and like understand like, how did you bring this group of, you know, four dudes together to make this music that's clearly resonating with people in a way that to me is pretty rare, especially in this kind of jam band improv community that has a ton of music and a lot of bands coming and going and bands that, you know, have been around for a long time and still draw crowds. But this seemed to me that the the momentum was different and I wanted to like understand them as people and why, why it, why it resonated, you know? Um, yeah. So, but I don't take the like music perspective, <laughs> which is like maybe, I think that's good in a way, but it also is like, I don't, I don't really go in with musical questions because I feel like if I start asking musical questions, I'm going to be at a loss, you know? So I I try not to go down that road too much, except for the things that resonate, you know, resonate with me. Yeah. And it's like kind of resonates with the audience because I feel like most people aren't that big into the music, you know, actually like playing music kind of thing. Like sometimes just being a good audience member is understanding the story and appreciating the music for what it is. Joey and I are very good audience members. Uh, yeah. we, have, <laughs> we have Greg for musical theory if we need that. You know, we try not to rely on that because we have Greg for musical theory. So yeah, we we get where you're coming from, RJ. I'm so good at musical theory that I talk while the band's playing because I don't actually need to listen to what's coming next, um, which people around me love. Um, but RJ, I think you know to like you mentioned how. 2020 should have been a huge year for Goose. And I, I, you know, for a while thought what could have been, right? Maybe they could have been at Radio City by 2021, but like things worked out as they tend to. And, yeah. um, you know, to fast forward a bit, like 
had we not had everything that happened in 2020, we would have never had bingo tour. And, yeah. you know, that was such a pivotal moment where I feel like not only was musicianship front and center for, you know, that those four shows, but also like really the, the quality of production between sound and lights and everything, the whole package was, was on display for the world to watch. Um, and, and the drop was able to interview the guys for a bingo yeah. tour recap. Um, so, you know, I'm wondering kind of what you think about the production value for things and, and, and how that sets the band apart and really how being at home for everyone, for music fans worldwide, you know, set goose apart. Yeah. I mean, I think they, I think they did a better job than any other band in the pandemic of, of communicating with fans and, and playing music with fans, um, from, from home to other people's homes. I mean, to me, it's, it's all about the community. And I think they engage the community in a way that so many artists who, you know, so many solo artists would, would play acoustic on Facebook and, you know, that's like intimate and, and authentic and interesting, but not super engaging in a two way, um, communication. But I think engaging with the community in a way like the bingo tour did was super innovative and really was, was pretty unique. Like I didn't see a lot of our other artists doing that. And to me, the, you know, of course the video and the audio, like these guys don't do anything half-assed, you know, like they're, if they're going to stream something, you know, it's going to be good and you know, it's going to be high quality. And so it was exactly what I expected on that front, but I just loved the reason I wanted to do those recaps is like, you know, so many people were talking about it and that's, that's what sets them apart. I think is, is there's, you know, there's like the humor and the, and the goofiness and the in, inside jokes and the, you know, the way you keep a community kind of on its toes, but then there's also this like accessibility of like the music and the songwriting that, brings people in. And I, I wonder how many new fans came around in, in 2020 and 2021. But to me, like it was a, it was a huge success. And I was, I was super impressed, not only with the production, but upstream of production obviously is like, what are we trying to do? And it's clear that the goal was to like, keep people engaged and keep people guessing and keep people coming back. And it seemed like that was a huge success. I think the goal was also to put Greg and Bruce on display, of course. Yeah. So it could lead to uh you know, a podcast on Osiris, but of course, um, I always thought that was, yeah. Yeah. um, you know, but I'm glad they were thinking of everyone except for us. They did tell <laughs> us, uh, the Wednesday of bingo tour that we'd be doing, um, sports center style halftime yeah. shows. So, um, glad it worked out. You did a great job. <laughs> a lot of creative planning went into that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. when I saw you guys, when I saw you guys doing the halftime show stuff at, at bingo tour and, and others, I was like, well, these guys should, definitely be doing stuff with us so i'm glad that it i'm glad that it worked eventually and you guys are yeah, well, doing you weren't the job. only one that's literally yeah. the reason i reached out to greg i was like hey this should be a podcast like I, don't, yeah. I was listening to osiris a bunch at the time i was like yeah this is exactly like what i want to keep listening to especially because i was obsessed with goose yeah that's like yeah i wanted more conversations about goose but uh yeah so speaking of that time now obviously goose is blown up they have the radio city shows coming up like these guys have they're beyond the, oh, they're on their way up kind of thing. Like, I remember the funniest thing was you guys talking about with the live interview on Under the Scales, like, oh, you guys are on van tour. Like, wait till you have a bus and then you have trucks <laughs> and multiple bus. Now they're, you know, they have that tour bus that they're going on. So, like, it's literally starting to come true. But as, you know, they're blowing up and I feel like during COVID, like this whole new, I don't want to call it a generation, but like, there's a lot of young bands now coming behind yeah. you. So is there anyone specifically that you're listening to now you're really excited about you can't wait you know to see come up in the scene yeah I'm goose 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well said, I'm like, well I will say that until we get a tour bus. So I agree. <laughs> I'm I'm really bad at at staying on top of like up and coming bands. I think I'm I feel old, you know. I'm like in my 40s, and I I try to stay on top of it, but. You know, to me, there's there's so much to be excited about with with this band that this is like this is the upcoming up and coming band that I'm focused on in terms of new music. Um, I keep I keep discovering new music. I keep going back and discovering like I discovered Billie Eilish for the first time, like nine months ago. And I was like, wait, what did I I've been missing something here? You know, I'm, yeah, I'm like Billie Eilish slaps, by the way. I yeah. Agree. Like yeah. I keep going back and discovering music that already exists. So I, I feel like I'm not a good like predictor of, of the next bands, but um, are there bands that you guys are excited about? Like well, we'll up and coming bands? A Dua Lipa spinoff when uh, Goose is off the road. Bruce I'm excited about fan. Dua Lipa, definitely. Yeah, when I nice. didn't get uh, a tour bus, I thought about just moving on to the Dua Lipa fan base and nice. doing a group for them instead where I'm <laughs> wanted. But I wasn't wanted there either. Yeah, I'm getting older too, RJ, so I don't connect either. <laughs> um, but honestly, this leads into one of our other questions for you was um, if, if we're just talking about goose in that case, then are, is there anything you're excited about looking into the future with goose and, and anything that they haven't done yet? Maybe that you'd like to see them do. Yeah. I mean, man, it's so, there's so much like that they're doing that I think is, it's interesting. Like the talking about radio city and how they're kind of blowing up. Like, I agree. That's like a, you know, it's a huge venue and a huge step forward in terms of their their reach um for sure yeah but i but i've seen i mean i don't know in the two or two and a half three years i've been listening to them like i've been impressed by their evolution and and how much they've grown i think the to me there's like you know you guys you guys all know this and talk about this but to me there's there's so many aspects of this band that are that keep it interesting and and some of it's that like there isn't a huge barrier to entry, you know, it's not like, it's not super prog focused. There's not like a ton of, you know, like fish to be fair. It was like, there was a, a barrier to entry back in the day. Like you had to like go in being willing to, you know, hear 10 minute, like Guayla Papyrus or something, or, mm -hmm. or, you know, you, you had to be willing to like hear these things that weren't super mainstream music. Like, I think these guys do a good job of keeping it original, but but keeping it accessible. Um, the covers they choose, I think are so, they're so good. And it, I actually think that they like bring in a lot of people like my age with some of the, the cover choices that are like, yeah, absolutely. you know, mm -hmm. the way it absolutely. is, is like, yeah, that love is a battlefield. Yeah. Escape. We we accidentally yeah we accidentally muted RJ because we didn't it's want to so, hear what covers he was going to bring up. It was okay. fun. We were just gonna, we were just going to name them, you know. Knights uh, and White. RJ Satin. loves loves all the Kenny Loggins. Hey, we know I we do. know all the old people covers. Yeah, it's fine. No, it's cool. But no, if you're feeling cool. old, try Sunset Lake CBD. Is what yeah, I want to exactly. say. Try honestly. Yes. I feel refreshed. I can tell you that. I think so. In terms of what I want to see from them, just to just to finish that, I, I don't know. I mean, I think to me the the songwriting is incredible. And and some of the songs that I love the most are like, I mentioned Western sun, but like this old sea and, you know, there, there's so many that like the new song, I'm excited for new songs from them, which I'm typically like not that excited for new songs from bands. I like, cause I'm like, shit, what if I don't like them? That would, that would be unfortunate. And, yeah. um, 
I never feel that with them. And I feel like Rick in particular and well, Rick and Peter, both of them, I think they're like writing has become more mature, but also like more vulnerable and open in a way. Like the, the songwriting is becoming, I think like it, it sounds like a band that's been together for 20, 25 years in terms of the songs they're writing. So I just want them to like, keep being unafraid to, you know, be vulnerable and follow their muse and, I like the compositional aspect of it, of course, that that ties into a longer song, whether it's like a composed section and, you know, multi-section kind of song or or um, something like that. But also just the vocal harmonies, you know, that's that's really all I want to see. So I want them to just keep keep doing what they're doing and keep pushing in the same direction, because I think it's uh, it's amazing to me, like the new songs I hear or songs I didn't know before that I'm like, wow, this is like better than, you know. It's better than hearing Arcadia like for the twentieth time or something, which then they play that and then it's like it's like a cherry on top, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, one of the things that I do want to impress because I do hear it sometimes and you mentioned it, it's just that it it's funny how it's a chicken and an egg situation. It's kind of like the paradox of being a musician where you have confidence in your songs. So you go and play them live. You want to put them out there. You want people to hear them, but until people hear them and then give you the confidence back and then start selling out these venues for you. And then people want you to come play radio city. It makes it a lot easier to be vulnerable and confident in your music. And I think now that's what we're getting with goose is that they're willing to put more out there. You know, they're starting to put more new music out there and it, they're starting to develop their music and develop it in the way that Rick and Peter and the rest of the band want, want to play and want to hear it. And I think we're all benefiting from that. So as the fans put in more, you know, it just conversely comes right back from the band. So it's a very special situation that they're definitely in. And, and that's again, why they appreciate the fans so much because it enables them to go to those places that fans like you and, and all of us want, want to see them go. So it's a very interesting point. Yeah. I mean, also like, I mean, I, I, they're all just such nice guys and then really down to earth in a way that, um, is to me like really great, you know, like every time I've talked to them, they're, they're certainly aware of what they're doing and, and really smart about the choices they're making with music and marketing. And they have a great, you know, management team and team around them, like Greg and others. I mean, that that's all super supportive, but I think they're also just making, I just think they're like, they're allowing it to happen, you know, and not trying to force it to happen, which is a something I've never been through because I'm not a musician, but it seems to me like they're embracing it without, without pushing it. Um, which I think to me seems like the right balance, you know, like I don't know what a radio city goose show is going to be like, but I'm sure they're going to figure it out and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah for sure. You talk about not forcing it, like, especially during the pandemic, I can't imagine being a band like you're about to blow up. And all of a sudden this gets thrown on you and like, you don't know what to do. Like the, you know, and the fact that they just took so much control of it. Like the one thing I thought of and like coming into this podcast was like the attitude I want to have was like, they went so far above and beyond what I expected, what anyone expected. Like we talked about the production, like, like you were saying, like I watched other bands live streams and I was like, yeah, this is great. Like I, this is really filling my fix of shows. And then that opening shot of like Danny coming in with the steady cam outside and he comes in and, you know, even the shock of there's a new band member, like that was enough. But that's, I think, and the, the halftime thing. show. Yeah, yeah. Well, that too. That I, honestly, that halftime show, I mean, it changed my life too. The fact that I got to meet these guys and like form this whole thing. I mean, this has been so much fun to just honestly talk 
about goose for better or worse for better or worse for sure um, there is no worse what are you kidding what that's are you what talking it's all about, about? That's what we're it's just all getting about. started we're just getting yeah, started yeah just yeah, wait right. joey <laughs> <laughs> so um looking forward right i think we were excited about radio city we're excited about everything that's coming next and there's plenty of stuff that i'm not privy to until announcement week that will be coming this year that we can be super excited about um but like what <laughs> uh, I'll, I will tell you. If after only he was the publicist, he would know. Am I right? <laughs> no, you know no, I mean? it's fine. Um, but I, I like. I, I'm. I'm wondering. You know, beyond the confines of what we and we know about the jam world and the music that we love and the indie group world, if you will, um, yeah. RJ on the 10 year anniversary of the Brooklyn Podcast Festival interview, when hopefully I can put a placeholder in the calendar for you to interview them yeah. again. Yeah. Um, yes. What would be the most exciting thing that the band could be looking forward to in that year? Wow, that's amazing. What a great, great question. Um, I mean, I, I think I, I don't I, I think the sky's the limit, like I really do in in a lot of ways for this band. Um, I also I don't see them as like a jam band, really. Like I see them as a as a band that has so many tentacles in different genres that genres that genres anywhere. Um, I was thinking of of a festival, you know, like Coachella or Lollapalooza, which I could like I could totally see them headlining one of those festivals in the next, you know, five, five years. Um, I could see them a joke with friends about that. Sorry, Arja, that like came up last week in a group chat with friends about Coachella. And I was like, only if they're headlining, I will go. But I do have fashion available. If I need to, so yeah, but yeah, I could see that. Mention that. Yeah. I could see Glastonbury. I could see them like breaking through in another in another country. I could see them like taking taking this stuff to Europe and really impressing fans there. So to me, it would be because I think the festival vibe is still like no matter how much they push into other genres, like the festival vibe for a live show is always going to be a great fit for for Goose and. I guess that that to me, a national or international festival would be like, I wouldn't be that surprised, but I'd be really psyched to be able to to go check them out or even Jazz Fest, you know, like I think they could they should play Jazz Fest in the next few years. And I hope so. Ten years is a long time, man. Shit. Mm. Um, Well, I uh, I've had Glastonbury on my radar for years, as I am from Glastonbury, Connecticut. So I've been preserving some of my (laughs) high school sports clothing place for yeah, when I can uh, wear it through. So hopefully, hopefully we'll be there together, and it'll be amazing. The the eighth year of the Great Piano Osiris. Um, But RJ, (laughs) thank you so much for joining us. Um, We are are incredibly thankful for your time as well as your partnership with us. Um, It's going to be a fun fun few years as we work through all of this and uh, really see what's coming next. Some of those announcements that I alluded to will be coming soon. So stay tuned. Um, maybe wait. on goose day, Tuesday, we'll have a giveaway for all of you. Um, but RJ, if you could leave our listeners with your greatest hope for the great beyond, what would it be? Oh man. <laughs> um, <laughs> to, to make episodes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a guess. <laughs> Bruce took mine. So no, I, um, I mean, really it's, it's going to sound really cheesy, but I just want you guys to enjoy it and have fun because so many creative projects, I mean, as you guys, I'm sure know, and imagine like we talk to hundreds of people who want to start podcasts or people who do start podcasts and then drop off because it's a huge commitment and it's, it's hard to do from a logistical technological, you know, emotional standpoint, but if you can keep it, 
lively and keep it interesting without just saying, you know what, like I've had enough of this. Um, that's a huge task. So I think if you guys keep it interesting and, and keep enjoying it, that's really all I, that's, that's all I hope for you guys. Cause I think it's, it's really cool. And just like the band, the sky's the limit, you know, like where this can go in terms of live shows and recaps and, you know, other mediums in terms of video and short form stuff on Instagram. I mean, you guys can do anything because the goose community is, is looking to you guys for, for commentary and, and ongoing sort of, it reminds me of HF pod, you know, that, that I've been doing for almost 10 years in very different iterations. And it's really just about like keeping it fresh, making sure you're having fun, keeping it interesting. That's it. No, well, thanks. I, I keep trying to tell Joey and Greg to be more interesting, but yeah, we'll, I mean, one of these days, you know, we're going to definitely get there, but uh, now we really appreciate uh, having you on RJ and, and this interview was great, man. And, and we're really happy to be with Osiris. So uh, we hope we can keep delivering for sure. Welcome we will to the family. We will deliver is what we mean by that. We there's no will. hope. There's no hope. There's I only hope hope in will. at least no. three years. So yeah, <laughs> we're going to deliver. <laughs> Welcome to the family, guys. And yeah, and also, you, when when you guys do want to talk about the torch conversation, just never hit me up because <laughs> never I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I have thoughts about why it's an inappropriate conversation to have. So when you want to, when you want more like feedback, hit me up. Well, well, we will talk torch till we're blue in the face when Bruce's Sunset Lake CBD arrives. <laughs> Fair enough. 20% off with the code beyond RJB. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us on Osiris. And uh, we look forward to everything that's coming next. Yeah. Welcome to the family guys. Thanks so much for having me. It was really fun to talk to you guys. Thank you. RJ. Thank you. Talk RJ. To you soon. Peace. Big thank you to RJB, our new boss for, for joining today. And, you know, I think it's just looking back, the excitement around the time of them doing the Brooklyn Podcast Festival was tangible, right? It was right after playing in the sand, after a successful fall tour, um, and they were about to hit the West Coast for the first time with Pigeons. Actually, it was like right the week after they left. Yeah, um, I remember the, the Brooklyn Comes Alive Festival that was supposed to have, they were supposed to combine with Pigeons and do like a shared set. At the set. end of that tour. Yeah. At the end of that tour, yeah. Right. And, um, right. So, so sad that didn't happen. Let's think about all of this, right? What were some of the, the marquee moments? Well, I think, you know, part of the theme of this episode and looking back and, bring, and bringing us up to, to today with the band is for, you know, hopefully we're getting new listeners from moving on to Osiris. I don't know. Our listeners were getting stale. If you're still with us, <laughs> stay, please. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, it, like you said, coming off, obviously everybody's heard about Peach Ad Nauseam was a huge point. 2019 fall tour was amazing. Then when we get to the uh, Mexico trip, Brooklyn Podfest, awesome. Get to learn more about the guys, learn more about their songwriting. The two New York shows that were oversold till nobody could breathe. <laughs> um, you know, and then they were going to go out on, on tour with Pigeons. They did. That opening tour was very successful for both bands until March. And then uh, everything hit the fan with the pandemic and things had to stop and the band had to pivot and um, release vinyl. <laughs> the band had to release a ton of vinyls that were never going to get to anyone. It, to me, one of the best business decisions they made. Um, but then, you know, that's when, again, speaking of business decisions and having to support 1111, uh, having the support of, you know, what the internet has 
is given to people and what technology is allowed for people to do with all these streaming shows. And obviously everybody knows um, that. No, they don't. Tell them. <laughs> Come on, Bruce. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, for all you don't know, <laughs> uh, streaming became pretty big when everybody was locked in their houses. And, um, you know, Goose really took advantage of that in a lot of ways that they could. And, um, you know, setting up avocados and candles and, you know, <laughs> avocado candles. songs yeah. from animated series. Um, but, you know, it ended up working. And a lot of other bands tried to hit the ground running with that, too. You know, and so it's not right to discount all of that. A lot of people put in a lot of work and had a lot of ideas about all yeah. that stuff. Um, but one thing that did blossom out of that for the band was Bingo Tour. And obviously, you know, Greg and I uh, were a big part of that, maybe the biggest. And, sure. Um, I mean, I can't, yeah. I don't think the guys had ever heard of Bingo really until we came around. No, right? A lot of people never even heard of Bingo, and uh, which is crazy because we don't even really play that much. Bingo. No, it's wild. I don't <laughs> even remember Bingo. <laughs> yeah, at all. I don't remember talking about <laughs> well, it. Well, yeah. there was this one point that, like, I really do appreciate, and this I reflect on all the time. Was like I think they played Travelers, and you, Bruce, mentioned like I remember when it was called Elmeg. Yeah, that was me. That was you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was like I was like, oh, it like piqued my curiosity. I was like, what is? This and they were Elmeg like, yo, now? it's Travelers. Uh, um, yeah, and I was, was like, oh, Drive Six. Well, and <laughs> back in my day. And honestly, back in my day. A little of a real backstory is Greg and I, you know, with no creative direction from the band, of course, besides Peter telling me I can't swear. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. Uh, uh, <laughs> Screw that. The huh? only way I'm yeah. funny. And then, so, you know, we were trying to write down a lot of notes during the shows, and, and we had been there for the rehearsal and it hurt travelers. And to me, that was funny because I turned to Greg. I'm like, that's Zelme, right? And Greg's like, I. I think it's Elmeg. I was like, yeah, hell yeah, it is. I was going <laughs> to let you know. Yeah, Greg goes man. right into it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, Elmeg. And then they're like, that's Travelers. And it's like, oh, fuck us. With yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it ended up working out. And that was a huge part of them blossoming and, and just having an interactive experience with yeah. fans, which doesn't seem like such a crazy idea now. But just the fact that they were the first <laughs> now. ones. <laughs> yeah. now. Uh, a whole year later. <laughs> but now, you know, it's like. It, it just it, – it meant a lot to people at the time and we had a very annoying shtick getting people involved, which brainwashed people to get involved, which was great. Oh, um, I got involved. You know, but and you're still involved. And look at so, you. Yeah, look, look at, at me. you right now. <laughs> <laughs> a Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. We, really, we really hooked Joey into the cult and then um, <laughs> now he does work for Greg and I. Uh, and so yeah. it's, it's just been like that and, and everything's kind of just been working for the band. The, the community involvement has been working. We have a great community behind them. Everybody likes to get behind the culture and the jokes. And that's been a big part of it since the streams really started. And then luckily, too, Goose has managed to play shows. So late 2020 in the fall, we actually got shows and local shows in Connecticut that mm-hmm. can attract a lot of local fans anyway. Like that the South Farms venue, which unfortunately – has had a lot There's of trouble. No more, yeah. But, um, you know, that was a huge opportunity for them and a lot of places that they took advantage I of. I mean, Yarmouth. Yarmouth. You know, Blood, Swansea. Bunch Valley. Um, uh, Essex. Like, there were some really legendary shows. And, like, think about the Yarmouth shows, right? We yeah. were uh, <laughs> acting a fool on Cape Cod. That was unbelievable. Pre-vaccine, pre-variants, you know, 
just gallivanting through drive-ins across the Northeast that probably hadn't really done anything except for play Jaws for 20 years. And the the fact that, like, we had to bring our own individual speakers. At least I brought, like, a little tailgater that tuned in on the radio station. Some people were just playing through their cars. I remember security coming up and be like, you can't play that too loud. We have neighbors and stuff like that. Unbelievable. And, like... The fact that it was still like the most fun I've had at a show, even though the sounds, there's this huge echo. I couldn't see the stage at all. I can't even imagine the people way in the back with Pretty their trippy, view. Though, right? yeah. yeah, but like just to be together, <laughs> the show. idea of like talking about, oh, I think they're going to this song. Like I hadn't done that in what, 10 months at the eight months at that point. Yeah. I mean, even Yarmouth was their biggest show ever at the time. Yeah. Right? Like there yeah. was never, they, they're, Prior to that, like, the biggest show was probably a festival set, maybe Peach. But, like, yeah, right. I mean, I have just, you know, that was their biggest show to date. Okay. Swansea was huge, you know? And, yeah. and like, all that happened in a flash, you know? And it yeah. was, like, flying the plane as we built it, or however it goes, as is the podcast we are currently broadcasting. But then the year next comes, and we have... More socially distant. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> first time in, in Florida in five years. But you had yeah. also, I mean, to cap that year, like Goose was lucky enough to get through that 2020 tour, which was obviously weird. Like we're talking about eclectic. A lot of these various venues that had never, you know, shown anything but some weird French tour. Yeah, I, or I was watching that. But anyway, it's like 2020 ends now with uh, Goosemas, uh, totally isolated essentially except for cool people like greg and i you know we were allowed to go arguable but yes we were there cool but like uh that was almost no one you know friends and family and crew and that was Mm -hmm. it and then like they roll into 2021 nobody knows what's going to happen nobody knows when they're going to get their except for vampire weekend apparently Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah they had some premonition uh, about what would be a good song right but um but then again you know Goose hit the ground running as soon as May started up and they started up shows again. They were lucky to be able to play them. You know, everybody stayed safe. Everybody was, uh, avoiding COVID at that time. And they were, they managed to find all these cool places to play outside the caverns of Tennessee inside the caverns for part of the show. Yeah. Cabin party was Liddy. I mean, even like the tropical oasis that is Florida where the pandemic doesn't exist. Oh, dude, that was unbelievable. That was like the most freeing weekend I think I had. Because sure. like, obviously, Absolutely. like we're in New York and Connecticut. We're trying to be as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a city. So like one person gets it, like it's going to spread like wildfire. So we we're as protective as we could possibly be. But to go down to the swamp and like see how those people were living for a weekend and like kind of just like, you know forget that a pandemic's going on for a little bit like i forgot that that show happened speaking <laughs> of forgetting because i didn't go oh, no, because, yeah. oh right uh, hopefully God, now that yeah, we're official the band can grease the, the band. get me to the freaking shows <laughs> yeah before and on, but. but like it was so much fun and you guys didn't go to the frederick shows like that rainstorm right. like oh, i keep tell- coming in our knees um i was like i ain't getting electrocuted did i get my cbd like, <laughs> I, re- I remember talking to people after and people were like man i feel so bad that was canceled like honestly like that is one of the best shows i've ever been to 
was that night one in Frederick because mm-hmm. of the party and the puddles that was going uh, on I, I up on the we rail. I remember we stream from Gino's house and we're, we're like playing cards, waiting, and we're like, oh my god, now there's a tornado. There's a tornado. I, I remember watching play. it. Dude, there was like lightning behind the stage. Oh, like they insane. definitely shouldn't have come on stage. It was insane. Insane. I mean, I remember great. watching it on Google Maps and diabolically laughing from Brooklyn. <laughs> I remember Trevor, <laughs> telling, Trevor telling me about those huge bass and speakers or whatever. Oh, in the water. right yeah. in front of the stage. Sure. We're just in like a foot of water. He's like, hopefully I don't hit the wrong string and just like allergic get all my fans. But he didn't because he cares about all of you. Yeah, you know, but he, he could have. Yeah. He could have though. No, like, I, yeah. He has that He strength. had your life in his hands, <laughs> but he, he's a very benevolent. He could do that without water, really. He's a benevolent uh, ruler. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, thank you. Shout out Bass Daddy. <laughs> so um, beyond Trevor keeping us all safe, Charleston too. Yeah, Charleston, and that was the first time they came with something slow. Because <laughs> that was we, the last time I get to a show at night early. Uh, we <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna—I was gonna make fun of a ton of things there, but we can just keep moving. Yeah, let's talk about us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, then then things really took off, and again, now now you had—and I've talked to a bunch of people about this 2021 late spring summer where people were flooding whatever shows they could get to. Right. And all these shows are also still socially distanced. So you had this great mix of everybody trying to get to every single show. Bands were on fire. Bands were energized. Finally getting to play. Finally getting to make some money. People were finally getting to see some music, getting to release a little bit, getting to see some friends. And <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I like Panic, but I'll come see this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll just yeah. come back. I was like, I feel warm. I, I know Panic had English fans. Yeah. What was oh, that yeah. accent? Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, yes, American English. It's a very distinguished dialect. Um, Sorry, that's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> but then, I mean, it was like this huge rush, right? And then mm. here we are now, a few months removed from this new variant coming up and really crushing a lot of dreams once again in the fall. Well, Goosemas 2, uh, colon, Goosentine's Day. Yeah, Goosentine's Day. I don't celebrate that holiday. <laughs> it's all Mark holiday. Uh, it's all Mark holiday. I celebrate loneliness, everyone. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, exactly. I mean, 2022, you know, won't you think about Bruce? Yeah, we all <laughs> never want to hear that again. Um, <laughs> so, honestly, like, they, but they were, again, fairly successful with knocking out a lot of these really, really good shows towards the end of 2021 before unfortunately the band succumbed to what a lot of people did no matter how how hard you were trying yeah you know marion right yeah uh uh, it was some greek letter (laughs) okay i got it i I studied latin okay okay, yeah it's yeah Uh, (laughs) oh marion yeah um (laughs) oh marion yeah but still was able to make shy town happen yeah which is which is great too because obviously the band had to shake off some rust for those shows but you know, so did everyone, and I think a lot of the fans were just so happy that they were able to get to some of those shows, didn't have to cancel travel and Airbnb plans, um, you know, and, and just had something to do on NYE that everybody needed pretty badly at this sure. point. Uh, and then now, you know, you all got our historical primer. It's going to be on the History Channel later after Osiris, but... You know, <laughs> More now, of an A&E primer, I think. Yeah, now we're up to whatever month this is and whatever year this is, 2022, I guess. Um, and we're going to think about Bruce. Yeah. Um, so in 2022, we got Radio City Music Hall. We got Born. We got Goosemas. The got replacement Goosemas. coming up. Yeah. I keep forgetting about that Goosemas is coming up. Like, I... Yeah, yeah, it's not it's, sensible. And, yeah, it's, it know, doesn't seem right. Yeah. You know, it's, Christmas. Uh, but like, it's Mohegan Sun. 
Sure. Like, it is. I it keep is. forgetting that this is about to happen. This place is about to pop off. Oh, I'm trying to forget. <laughs> yeah. I, I just keep hoping. Anyway, um, but I'll be there. I can't wait. I can't wait to see everybody there, honestly. Well, we've got Mohegan, but before Mohegan, um, alert, the band's never done a headline West Coast tour. Like, this is the first one. They've, they've yeah. never done this, and they're doing a very similar route to what they did in 2021. 20. 20. 20. Uh, very similar route, like <laughs> Arizona, San Diego, L.A., San Fran, Portland Bend, da 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 Tempe. Da. Uh, Tempe. Yep. Yeah. Tempe, Arizona, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's in Arizona. Great. Cool. Could have convinced me <laughs> otherwise. Um, they're, doing, they're doing this again on their own. And I think, like, I don't know. I'm going to just have to go check it out. So I'll let you guys know on the next episode. Yeah. Greg will be there. Yeah. Greg's going out. So if you see him, say hi to him. He'll bring a microphone out there to record you all. Me and Bruce will be doing You can what? talk about me with him. You know? 2022, we're yeah, going to talk about Bruce. tell him how much you love Bruce. Um, but there's one big, massive puzzle piece that we have not mentioned. What's From all that? of this, it really ties it all together, I believe. The electric... Oscar. Shenanigans... The movie Oscar worthy, Oscar nominated. I think soon if it's not, be. it's a it's a sham. Yeah, soon to be. Yeah, probably it's all, it's in one politics, of the future right. timelines from the movie. We'll I didn't tell Joey. <laughs> I'm still working on hacking into that Oscar system, but yeah, once I get there, we're we're gonna have some knobs. Thank you to the zero of you that joined the uh, sh- the Great Beyond chat room for that. Um, I couldn't I even join. Feel that, weird so. as a 33 yeah. year old man setting up a chat room. But, I left after 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> also, I only care about my own role in the movie. Uh, well, so, okay. So that's, if, <laughs> let's just dig into this now because I think this is probably the most important part of the episode. Um, Bruce has a storied history. Clyde. Bruce Clyde Robinson um, has a storied history on stage. The man acted at the Globe Theater oh, in yeah? Harlem. No, I'm just kidding. In <laughs> London. Um, he played Hamlet, uh, H-A-M-L-I-T. Promo code for Sunset Lake CBD. Um, but Bruce has been doing this for a minute. Uh, and we shot a movie in November of 2020. Shot this movie, um, Shenanigans Nightclub, the movie. Bruce, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, what's it about? Because um, I watched it three times. I'm wondering I'm, as well. I'm still... So it's about me and how I look <laughs> in different outfits. And yeah. it's also about time travel uh, it's about a friendship between men and yeah, women. Menship. Uh, and then, you know, it's just... Womanship. Uh, I guess it relates to the album. Um, you know, but it's something complimentary. You know, one of the things that the band has really tried to do and, and all of us around the band have tried to do is, is just is just keep building content. And it's a big... It's an important part of anybody that's in uh, any sort of creative industry these days. and Including I think, podcasting. You know, the band, a good friend of the band uh, from long ago and a good friend of all of ours, Will Thresher, he's done a lot for the guys since the Vasudo days. Um, he's extremely creative, extremely artistic. And this was a good opportunity, too, for him to be able to take control, take artistic control, do a very long music video, essentially, and had to change directions a lot, you know. And um, it was a good joke, just a good way to get everybody involved at a time where work wasn't being consistent you know and, gotta you know, give a shout out beyond the band to the team that put it together yeah right? put, will thresher yeah, for sure um trey cassetta brian murphy you know yeah. like so 
obviously listening to our podcast, you know, it sounds like we know what we're doing because we do. This That's movie right. was new it's territory. So, sounds like we know what we're doing. Um, new territory for all of us. And, and a lot of the people behind how Goose looks through a lens actually worked with us on this, you know? And so Will Thresher, of course, like wrote it, directed it. Brian Murphy, Trey Cassetta, moving those cameras around, having to listen to me sounding Australian, allegedly. They, they did a lot, you know? And, and, uh, and then there was a lot of time that was invested after the filming to refilm. I had to bring a hoodie back over to Trevor's so Jeff could wear it. I mean, everybody took on a lot. So let's tie tie together all of of what we put together for the last two years. And I think my my Is that how long we've been recapping this? uh, I mean, it depends on how many fingers you count on. Feels like 10 to me. Um, (laughs) My question is, what is the artistic significance of Jeff playing Rick's dad? I think there's a lot there. There's more than artistic significance. Tune into episode two from our last season to find Uh, out the answer. (laughs) Yeah, I think a psychologist could uh, delve into that. Sigmund Freud has a lot of ideas. Mm -hmm. Sigmund. So was Hamlet. So you mentioned when was this was filmed pre Jeff joining the band? Then no, no, this is this was after. Yeah. Um. Kind of during Jeff joining the band. Yeah. It depends on how long <laughs> yeah. you consider Jeff's honeymoon period, you know? Yeah. There was a time he had to be with me for a while. After that, I consider it over. Um, that was recently. That was That's still going on, I thought. Oh. oh I th- hey, Jeff. Hi, Liz. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> we may not get to the bottom of this today, but uh, tune into subsequent episodes now on Osiris Network. Big thank you to RJB president of Osiris Network, for heading down the pathway with us and talking about the last two to five years of Goose's career, depending on how you count. Give or take. And obviously, we've got a lot planned for the future here with Osiris. Besides our regular episodes, which you should be expecting every other Wednesday, we also have Goose Day Tuesdays, where we will be live talking about the previous week's shows, and we'll also be doing giveaways. Uh, we'll be live in chat, so we expect you guys to join us and be paying attention and, and you know, be participating. So, yeah, be. Uh, hey, so <laughs> hey, going gang. So we will see you guys on Tuesdays. The Great Beyond was produced by Ty Cloy at Jazz Standard in Midtown, New York. On behalf of my co-hosts, I'd once again like to thank RJ for taking the time, our manager, Kathleen Knight, Mimosas, as always, we're fire, and most of all, you the listeners for tuning in. Be sure to catch a ride with us next time down the pathway to The Great Beyond. The Great Beyond.